Good morning and welcome to Game Changers Devotional. As we always say, we don't think that anybody shows up on this call by accident. We're so glad to have you as part of this call this morning. If you're first time with us, uh, we want to welcome you and hope you continue to uh, join us each and every Wednesday. Uh, this morning, uh, Jacob James will be leading our devotion, and I'll go ahead and turn it over to Jacob now. Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah, first of all, I hope everybody's having a great week. Um, it's been a uh, it's been an amazing week at our house because uh, uh, I've got two small kids, they're seven and five years old, and uh, today is my my little boy's first day of school, and uh, my daughter started on Monday. My wife's a school teacher, so she's back at school, and it's uh, a little hectic, but man, it's so amazing. <laughs> Um, it's hard to believe that getting back into school, actually going to school, is an amazing thing, but it really is. I'm so proud of our county here in Alabama. Um, and you know what? We're, we're going to postpone. We'll do virtual, but we're not quite ready to go back. You know, they, they said, no, we're going. We're going back. And something that, you know, you may not see every day, um, but when I took my uh, wife up to school uh, yesterday and, and helped her in her classroom, Every single door entering that school has scripture on it, has Bible verses on it. Man, I mean, it just it blew me away how amazing that is, a public school in Alabama being that bold and saying, you know what, that's what we're going to do. And when our kids come into this classroom, they're going to read. I mean, when they come into these doors, they're going to read that. And something else that I really love that I saw is their signs in their school say physical distancing because what my wife told me is that words matter and that we should never, ever, ever be socially distant. That God built us for a relationship, but this word social distance is not correct. And they changed that, and they said physical distancing. And uh, so those are two victories. That, man, I love seeing victories, and those are great victories. Um, you know, before we get started, I need to pray. And uh, so if you guys don't mind, I want to pray with you. And uh, before we get going on, uh, on what we're going to talk about, gracious God, this morning, God, today we put our faith in you. Right now, Father, right now, will you give us instruction? Father, give us hope. Father, more than anything, God, just give us clear direction from your own words, your very own words, words straight from your mouth. In the name of Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Uh, last week, I, uh, I stumbled across a book that I haven't read in a while. And it's a, a book about an Old Testament prophet. And uh, his name is Habakkuk. And uh, it's a very small book. And, and the main thing I want out of this is for you guys to take the time to read it. It's, it's a great book. It's only three chapters. And uh, it's very, very similar to the situation we're going through now. In fact, I believe it was for this situation now. That, uh, that in 2020, we could read this and feel God's presence and his words. And uh, this prophet, Habakkuk, he saw everything around him was crumbling. You know, he, was, he realized he was in a dying world, and it absolutely broke his heart. And uh, he saw the people around him, they were just filled with fear and anxiety and uh, oppression and persecution. I mean, it was around every turn, every corner, and lawlessness and immorality was on the rise. Does any of that sound familiar to anybody? And as a nation in spiritual decline, 
And he didn't even realize it, but things were about to get even worse. And uh, I see a lot of that in our nation today. But sometimes you can see it even in your own personal life. And uh, and trusting God, it just it becomes too difficult, too overwhelming, too terrifying, and just too impossible. And so, how how does a person of faith? How do you? How do I? How do we live by faith when things are getting bad and about to get worse? And fortunately for us. Habakkuk recorded his very own conversation with God. God told him to. He said, look, I'm going to talk to you, but I want you to write it down. Write it down word for word. For word. And he did. And now you and I, this morning, we're privileged enough to experience a conversation with Almighty God. And so Habakkuk finally had a belly full a belly full of this. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take my complaint straight to God. And in chapter 1, he says, God, why? Why aren't you fixing this? Why are you not doing anything? And God responded. And basically, he told Habakkuk, Habakkuk, if I told you what I was up to, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't understand with it, and you wouldn't even agree with it. And, man, that hit me because right now in this pandemic, I want to fix everything. And and I want to go to people and say, this is the way you ought to believe. This is how your faith ought to lead you. And I want it to go away. And God says, you know what, Jacob, you don't understand this. You don't even know what I'm doing. And if I told you, you wouldn't even agree with it anyways. And, uh, you know, my little boy, Jake, I'm about to take him to his first day of five-year-old kindergarten. And, uh, you know, he's been battling, trying to um, stop sucking his thumb. <laughs> and he just could not. He can, you know, for so long I tried to let him do it on his own, and he couldn't. And so finally I put this stuff on his thumb. And the whole day he was just irritated. He was upset. And, uh, and then that night he cried all night. He didn't even sleep. And uh, he didn't understand. Why would you do this to me, Daddy? Why? I mean, why would you make me so uncomfortable? But the thing is, is I knew. I knew if I didn't stop that, that he would have deformed teeth. His mouth would be crooked. And so I had to do it for him because I love him. I care for him. But it would take his uncomfortable. You know, he'd get out of being comfortable. And he didn't like it. And I'm just an earthly father. How much more does our heavenly father? So God told Habakkuk, he said, look, Habakkuk, I'm going to use evil, pure evil, to correct my people, to turn my people back to me. So you think things are bad now? They're about to get worse, much worse. But God gave Habakkuk four things that he could do. And there's four things you and I can do. And the first thing he told Habakkuk to do Write it down. Write down the words that I tell you. The inside I'm giving you, I want you to write it down plainly. Take notes. Read it. When this, when this uh, pandemic started, I was reading First and Second Chronicles. And uh, there's so many notes in there that I was taking. And there's so many times I felt the presence of the Lord and I would stop. And I'd have tears rolling down my face. 
And I'll write what God was saying to me right there. And I'd fold that paper and I'd tuck it into my Bible. And years from now, I'll come back and I'll remember that experience when God spoke to me. And I even wrote it. God spoke to me today and I wrote the date down. And I encourage you guys, if you're reading your words, to do that. Take the time to write notes. I love looking back at this book, Habakkuk, and reading all my notes on the side and what I felt and how God was moving me in that time. So if you got a Bible, don't be afraid to write in it. The next thing you said to Habakkuk, he says, Habakkuk, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to be patient. And God was saying, look, and Peter said this, Second Peter, he said, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord really isn't slow about his promises, but he's being slow for your sake, for your sake. And so God wanted everyone to turn back to him. His very own people had turned away from it. It took 70 years for the people in Habakkuk State to return back to him, but they did. God fulfilled his promise. It reminds me of a story um, of George Mueller. He was a well-known Christian evangelist in the 1800s. And at 40 years old, he decided he'd pray for five of his friends to come to know Christ, to be saved. And uh, friend one, a few months later, it happened. And friend two and three, a few months after that, it took 25 years, 25 years that Mueller was age 65 when friend number four came to know Christ. And friend number five, Mueller prayed 52 years for him. 52 years. And Mueller died at 92. A few months after his death, his friend committed his life to Christ. And, uh, Mueller got to see that in heaven, by the way. But God's timing may be slow to us, but he's always on time and at the right time. And George Mueller was waiting, and he was willing to wait on God's promise. You know, and then the final thing, he also told us about it to trust in him. And I know I'm running a little bit short on time. But um, basically, said, Habakkuk, trust me. Just trust me. And while you trust me, I want you to be loving and obedient to what I have for you and to what I have for other people. But what's going on today, what's going on for you and I right now is we're not trusting God. We're not even taking time to look at the victory report that God has for us. You know, during the pandemic, the whole world has just become focused on the bad. And God's sitting there saying, wake up, wake up. You're missing my grace. You're missing my mercy. You're missing my victory. You know, today, the opioid of today is distraction. And it happens in my own life. I'm going to become addicted to being distracted. And, uh, and I forget that um, I'm going to miss a victory because I'm putting so much stuff in my head. I'm so distracted. But now when I have a peace with God and I trust in him, I don't see a thousand people with COVID and go, oh, my goodness. Things are getting worse. I see a thousand victories for the Lord. And I want you guys to see that. And the last thing he told Habakkuk, he said, Habakkuk, you've got to be still. Be still in your mind. Because if you're still in your mind, then you have room for me. And you have room for my perspective. So sit still and be silent and meditate on me. And then 
but today, and this is in my own life, I'm telling you right now, I'm too distracted by my, my phone, my radio, my television, text messages, social media, information, opinions, agenda, politics, so on and so forth. And you get all this stuff in your mind. And I can't even reflect on God's word. And so he said, Habakkuk, be still. Be still. My granddad had a friend that he worked with for 50 years. And he never saw him get upset. And he told my granddad, one of his famous lines was, oh, it's just a thing. But he told my granddad, and this is a really, if you can really understand this, he says, look, Jake, my granddad's name is Jake. He says, if what I think causes what I feel, and I can change what I think, then I can change what I feel. In other words, events don't control me. But what I think about events can control me. And I'm going to end on this story because Martin Luther King Jr. was the best at this because he meditated and he put God's word in his mind only. In 1960, he was about to do a march in Birmingham, Alabama, and the police came to him and said, Martin Luther King, if you do that march, if you go forward that march, we're going to put hoses on you and your people, water hoses, full blast. They said, not only that, if you go forward that march, we're going to release the dogs on you and all your people. And they said, finally, if you go forward that march, we're going to beat you with our battalions, you and every single person there. And Martin Luther King, with peace, the only God can give because he had the power of a still mind. His mind was still. He said, you go ahead and bring those hoses, and we're going to love you anyways. You release those dogs on us, and we're going to love you anyways. You beat us with those battalions. And we're going to love you anyways. Despite the circumstances, he gave glory to God. said, no matter what, I'm going to love you. And Habakkuk started complaining, and he ended with praise. And this is his final words to God. He said, though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, the fields produce no food, there are no sheep in the pen, there's no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Joy is in God and not my circumstances. God will guide me, and all my job is to do is to follow him and to praise him. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much. God, Wednesday mornings that we can come together. God, we can worship you in your name. Father, this week, help us to have a still mind, careful about what we put in our minds, because what we put in, what could come out. What I want to come out of my mouth, Lord, is your peace, your mercy, your grace, your love. Father, we love you and we praise you. Amen.